Hello and welcome. Welcome to Radical Embodiment, the podcast. I am your host, Emily Wishall, and I am the author of the recently published book, Radical Embodiment, a practical guide to celebrating the skin you're in. I also work as an embodiment guide and a certified rolfer supporting women in releasing body shame and really learning how to love their body exactly as it is. My intention with this podcast is to offer you a new insight and perspective on how you get to be with your body so that you can release that worn out, exhausting story of being dissatisfied with your body. The more you listen to this podcast and do the practices that I suggest, the more you can expect a softening and the emergence of a gentler approach to how you view and talk to yourself. Change in the context of radical embodiment is not a diet. It is not a workout plan. Instead, it is an overhaul of the way we treat and perceive ourselves. It is the fierce application of gentleness to the gaze we offer ourselves. Hyperfocus around your weight and physical appearance robs you of your energy, clarity, power, and joy. I have created a method to help you learn how to love and inhabit yourself thoroughly and deeply. Each episode of this podcast will provide healing strategies to help you become more embodied and develop a more loving relationship with your body. If you enjoy the episodes, I would be deeply grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at and download the episodes, as well as share with your friends, family, and community. Together, let's cultivate peace, serenity, and deep love for these beautiful bodies of ours. And now, to today's episode. Hey, it's Emily, and welcome to episode seven of the podcast. Episode seven, today's topic is access your authentic and vulnerable strength. And I'm going to start today's episode by actually reading from my book, Radical Embodiment, A Practical Guide to Celebrating the Skin You're In. I'm going to read the very first section from chapter seven of my book, which is also the same title, correlates with the same title of this episode, again, which is Access Your Authentic and Vulnerable Strength. And the each chapter of my book, chapters four through 10, dives deeper into one of the seven main limiting beliefs that I see keeping women stuck in body hate. The limiting belief that we are diving deeper in in chapter seven of my book is I am fake, um, which can also show up or feel like I am an imposter. And so I'm going to go ahead and just read the first section and then dive in deeper into the teaching and discussion um, that I'm planning for us today on this topic. Okay, so from chapter seven of Radical Embodiment, a practical guide to celebrating the skin you're in. Most of my life, I lived with the belief that to be loved, liked, and accepted I needed to show up as having it all together. I needed to be perfect and happy. When someone asked how I was, I would answer with a well-rehearsed smile and respond, I'm good. Sure, some of the time I was good. And yes, I don't need to air my dirty laundry to every person who asks how I am. But even when my family and dear friends checked in on me and truly wanted to know how I was, I responded in this way. I faked being happy even when I wasn't and felt isolated and lonely. I feared these feelings. I thought they meant something was wrong with me, that I was lacking in some way. So I put on my good forced posture that I had been 
practicing since I was a child. I sucked my stomach in. I held my shoulders back and carried myself in an air of false confidence. Many years ago, I was receiving the Rolfing 10 series, a process of 10 sessions that work through the body in a holistic and transformative way. Halfway through the series, I had a dramatic realization. I was out on a twilight walk through my quiet neighborhood in Boulder. Suddenly, I realized how easy it was to walk. I felt as if I was gliding. I checked in with my body to determine where I was in relation to gravity and realized I was perfectly aligned. And I wasn't making an effort. I wasn't trying to hold myself up in my old good posture. Then an overwhelming amount of emotion came over me. Tears filled my eyes. I realized that all my life I had been pretending through posturing my body to project that I was good and had it all together to gain others' acceptance. In that moment, I knew I no longer wanted to pretend. It was exhausting, futile, and ultimately meaningless. In this newfound sense of my body, I was aligned. I felt strong and stable, and at the same time, I felt open and spacious. I felt I had the capacity to be vulnerable and authentic while still feeling capable and secure. It was the most incredible sensation and discovery. I could simply be. And so if you are someone listening um, and you maybe have some story on the spectrum, the spectrum being like zero to 10 um, in regards to having some sort of history of hating or disliking your body, or maybe that is still present in primary or this like constant dissatisfaction with the shape of your body, with the weight of your body, this constant preoccupation around your body's physical appearance. If you hate your body, that intensity of sensation and like dislike, distaste for your body is going to drive you into wanting to be someone else. It's going to drive you to try and like pop out of this physical vessel and shift it. And you maybe you feel, right, these are strong words, but again, maybe you feel this on some range or have felt this to some degree, like you feel your body is inept. And so you try and armor it up, you know, kind of posturing your way through, trying to feign competence and confidence. And for me, that was very much my pattern was trying to armor myself up in an effort of like self-protection because I felt so unacceptable because I believed I was too fat. I believed I was too big to be enough to receive others' acceptance. And so I armored my body in this very forced, trained, learned pattern of my shoulders up, my chest up, my stomach in. And yet it always felt incongruent with how I felt on the inside. And the other, the opposite of that would be that I, that I sometimes also see and that we, I think we all also do at different periods of our life. Um, and these, these two different types of posturing, and I'll dive into what I mean by posturing, can happen too in any given point in our life, right? Depending on the environment, the people that we're with. But so the opposite of that kind of armoring up, kind of feigning competence and confidence would be you collapse. You just like kind of caving in on yourself. You know, your shoulders are rounded forward with your spine following. So your body's literally losing height and strength in that collapse. It's almost like this like giving up on all of your dreams, giving up on, you know, maybe you've decided you you don't like your body for X, Y, Z reason based on physical appearance. And so 
<sighs> kind of that like Eeyore sigh, giving up, just collapsing and that it, you know, it's not going to work anyway. I'm not going to be happy anyway, or whatever your version of that story may be. So I want to talk about this idea of posturing. And all of this is going to tie in completely into how to access your authentic and vulnerable strength. These are all so like interconnected, the ability to be able to show up vulnerably and authentically completely has to do with also how we hold ourselves in our body, our way of being in our body. So posturing is the subconscious pattern of holding your body a certain way to project out into the world a false sense of confidence and togetherness. So what you're really doing in this posturing idea is you're projecting out something that is incongruent with your current emotional and internal state. So maybe you're feeling really sad or really lonely or you're feeling anxious and your automatic response is just to posture and armor yourself up and just fake it. And I want to I want to be clear and distinguish here like I'm by no means saying or wanting to come across as saying that if you are feeling some of those lower vibration emotions of you feeling fear or exhaustion or anxiety or discomfort that you should wallow in those and get stuck in those or that you need to air that to everyone you come across with. But what I'm wanting to invite into your experience is also the noticing the ability to not just go into this automatic posturing that usually doesn't feel good and actually learn how to be with the discomfort but also be in your strength, be in a more easeful posture. And anytime you project out a way of being that is incongruent with your emotional state on the inside, it's going to feel icky to others. They probably won't be able to, you know, put a name, put a label to it exactly, but they'll just know something feels off. Something doesn't quite feel right. Um, so when you project imposture, others usually will see you maybe as some combination of arrogant or needy, unfriendly, and unapproachable. So now I want to dive into talking about the ideas of being on versus being tuned in. And for me, I really believe this posturing idea that I just talked about is when we're trying to be on, right? And so being on is like you're feeling the need to prove you are valuable enough, valuable enough in any given moment, right? Valuable enough for maybe the amount you're charging if you're self-employed or important enough to be talked to or deserving of a promotion going to an event, a date, right? Maybe you're going to a networking event or a wedding or a high school reunion, seeing people from your past or meeting your you know, partner's family or your partner's ex. And you notice this sense of you of your, okay, got to be on, got to be on. Like maybe you're just had a moment of feeling some, a touch of sadness or a touch of some deep emotion. And so you're like, okay, I need to be on. Okay. And, and, even just checking with yourself, what happens in those moments? You probably go into a posturing, right? So we're often just told like, fake it till you make it. And while I agree with that slightly, there's a lot of nuances there. And I think if you're only ever faking it till you make it, it's going to lead to a very unfulfilled experience in life for you. And will leave you feeling flat, 
will leave you feeling like if you're constantly kind of faking it till you make it, like it's exhausting and it's not anchored into your center, into your center of being, into who you are. So you're constantly kind of trying to project, trying to prove, trying to strive. It's much more of a heady experience versus being in your body, inhabiting yourself. And so for myself personally, you know, of course I have moments when I feel the need to prove or like, okay, I need to be on, you know, like my, like when that's in the driver's seat, um, you know, moments that that comes up for me is sometimes connecting first time with a potential client on our first calls together. Um, although that's gradually shifting, but, or like say I'm giving a presentation or a talk to a group of people. That is when it's like, okay, I got to be on, I got to be on. And when I don't notice that and the being on, the needing to prove something is in the driver's seat, I, I automatically posture. It's such an old pattern of mine. And that struggle, it like requires so much energy and is exhausting. And when I leave those situations, if I haven't caught myself and been able to drop back into me and tune into me, one, I don't really feel like I connected with anybody. And I, yeah, I end up feeling really tired. It's not fulfilling to me. And so there's a distinct difference that I feel in my entire body and system between being on and being tuned in. So when I tune in, I get to just be similar to that story that I just shared with you from, from my book. Um, there's no effort required. There's this like softening, almost like a relaxing into presence. And to give it like more of a label, it's like this dropping back and down within myself instead of popping up and out. Which, so, so I want to just even pause and slow down for a moment and invite you to think of a circumstance in your life based from what I've shared so far where you do feel like you need to be on. You know, maybe it's you're giving a presentation for a work meeting. Um, maybe it's, you know, you're go going out and dating. Maybe it's you're going on a date or just think of a circumstance for you in your life of when you feel like you need to be on. And really allow yourself, without judgment, we don't need to make ourselves wrong, but just notice what it happens automatically in your physical body and in your energetic state. What shifts? For most people I work with, and myself included, in those kind of being on situations, it's that like armoring that I've talked about, that posturing. So it's some sense, you know, and of course in our unique manifestations of this and individual to each of us as humans, but some sense of like it's like a the, the muscles are even like pulling you up, like all of your large external muscle groups are, oh, got to contract. They're, they're in some sort of like their, their tone. Tone is um, the degree of like muscular strength or effort being exerted. So the tone might is likely going to increase in these larger external muscles. You might notice some sense of like the energy is coming up and out versus when you tune in, it's such much more of a softer coming back and down invitation. So again, relaxing into presence, there's no effort needed. And I'm going to continue talking about this idea and I even have a practice for you that's free. Um, that you can download and I'll share the information on that here in a minute. I won't be doing it on the podcast because it's long, but I, I, it's, it's one of my intentions with this topic to actually also teach you how can you connect to your inherent strength in your body while feeling open and spacious elsewhere to have this sense of sense and ability to be able to tune in 
and be really present. So if you are about to go and present at a work meeting and maybe you're having some, you know, you're anxious, you're nervous or something, you know, you're going through some conflict in a personal relationship that you don't have to try to posture and armor yourself and like, you know, fake it till you make it to get through this presentation. Yet instead, you have the capacity physically, emotionally, and energetically to be with what is present in your life and be really competent, to be really confident, to be articulate, to be clear and not coming from a place of projection or proving, but coming from a place of truth. And so again, it's not like airing your dirty laundry to every person, right? Particularly if you're giving a work presentation or consulting with a client. It's not a pro- those aren't appropriate times for us to be just like going in on our personal life. And we don't have to, so many of it, like try people try to compartmentalize. They just automatically, okay, I just have to compartmentalize this and let me just like compartmentalize this and I'll deal with this later. I just need to compartmentalize. And that's leading to more and more fragmentation. Fragmentation meaning we're not fully integrating aspects of ourselves, of our humanity, and of our life. And so we're becoming more fragmented, disoriented, disconnected. And with radical embodiment, one of my most fundamental overarching intentions of my work, of my offerings, is to support a person and coming more and more back into their true alignment, more and more back into their true integrity, which means having the ability to be with what is and be present for what it is we need to do, for what task is at hand. And so I'll continue talking about that as we go with this um, a podcast episode. And so before I go further in that, I want to talk to you about the muscle of your soul. Hey, I just wanted to interrupt the episode super briefly. I do share about this through the episode, but I strongly encourage you. I have a free practice. It's absolutely free that completely corresponds with the entire topic of today's episode, the topic being how to access your authentic and vulnerable strength. So the free, it's a free audio embodiment practice called Finding Safety and Security in Your Body. To download it, you can go to wishallwellness.com forward slash radical dash embodiment dash free dash gift. And you'll just put in your name and your email, and then the practice will be downloaded or emailed to your inbox where you can download it. And I encourage you to download it and put the audio on your phone so you can easily access it every day and listen to it consistently for at least seven days in a row. So again, the practice is finding safety and security in your own body. You can download it for free, again, from wishallwellness.com forward slash radical dash embodiment dash free dash gift. That website will also be in the show notes, um, but I want to make sure you take advantage because it's completely free and it will really support you in having some sort of tangible experience of what I'm talking about from a more conceptual standpoint in this podcast of really being able to, in your own body, feel your openness Feel your spaciousness, feel your inherent strength, and noticing how that gives you more of a capacity to be able to be authentic and vulnerable. So I hope you take advantage and go download that. So the muscle of your soul. What am I referring to? I'm referring to your psoas muscles. Um, so I want to share a little bit about the brief, the anatomy, just if the psoas muscles are something that's new for you, or maybe you've heard of them, but you don't quite understand, you know, where they are in your body. I want to share that with you. Um, but I want to start by also sharing why I'm even bringing up the psoas muscles and this conversation around 
being able to access your authentic and vulnerable strength. So that story that I shared at the beginning of this episode where I was from my book, where I was out on a walk and I had this total newfound sense of ease, of openness, of confidence in my body. Like I literally felt I had the capacity to be vulnerable, yet I felt so clearly firmly rooted and connected into my own like inherent strength. And so it was really this like dual experience of feeling open and spacious and vulnerable, yet being able to yield and to surrender back and down into my strength, into my power. And it was that walk, as I shared, that was the first time that I realized that all of my life I had this subconscious postural patterning of, you know, my way of, you know, pulling shoulders back and my chest up and sucking my stomach in in this very forceful, efforted way. A part of why I adopted that posture unconsciously was because I feared the world really seeing my true self. I feared really being seen and my true emotion. And it was through receiving a session that helped in releasing my psoas muscles, that helped to create more length and engagement in those muscles. That is what helped me have this sense of grace as I was walking. And that session, as I mentioned before, was a Rolfing structural integration session. I won't go so much into what that is now, but it was a form of manual therapy Um, that I also am a practitioner of, that is what helped my body be able to access and utilize my psoas muscles in walking, in movement. And so the anatomy of, and, and, and calling it the muscle of your soul, you know, may feel like, what? Or a stretch to you. And I just want to name too, I'm not the first person who has called it that, Um, It's something I saw referenced years ago that I really resonated with because I have seen firsthand in my practice with clients the deep impact of being able to create more ease in your psoas muscles. Um, So your psoas muscles, the brief, you know, simple anatomy framework, and I want you to as I'm sharing this, kind of, you know, sense in your own body and your own way where this muscle is. Like as best that you can, I would like for you to visualize the the muscle. There's two, one on each side. It's a large muscle. It's our main hip flexor. So the psoas muscles, they attach, they come from the front of the low lumbar spine. So the lumbar spine is our low part of the spine. Um, so they're they're deep, meaning they're behind all of our viscera, all of our abdominal cavity, attaching onto the front of the low spine. They then kind of dive through um, your iliac crest, your ilium. That ilium is the bone. We is that bony protrusion that's like kind of right at the front of your hip. Often this is. Um, incorrectly, we think of this maybe as our hip bone. It's actually your your ilium. The, in the iliac crust is that kind of upper part that you might kind of protrude a little from your skin. There is a muscle that is on the inner fossa, the fossa being the, the, the flat kind of part of the bone that's deep. It's called iliacus. And so as, you know, we're following that, the psoas muscles coming from the front of the low spine, they then, the, the muscle, muscle fibers blend in with the muscle fibers of iliacus. Um, sometimes it's called like the iliopsoas then. And comes just over the front of the pelvis to then insert into the inside upper part of your femur, which is your thigh bone. So if you can, wherever you're listening to this right now, even just touch kind of the inside of your thigh. So your psoas muscles attach to the inside upper portion of, of your thigh bone. So it's a pretty large territory. The psoas muscles are the only muscle that actually attach your legs into your spine. 
which that in and of itself feels very significant to me from a structural component um, as well as many other aspects. If you think about this anatomy that I've just shared of, you know, it attaching these muscles coming from the spine into the leg, and then think about when you're sitting. So when you're sitting and, and thinking of that anatomy, that muscle, those muscles are shortened. And unfortunately, most of us sit from a very young age, right? Like most of us are put into traditional um, school settings where from the age of six or seven, you are spending most of your day sitting in a desk. And so this muscle is shortened and contracted, which I personally believe my work that that also inhibits um, a lot of us because as we're developing, as we're growing, we're sitting a lot of the day. So we're never even really fully able to have the opportunity to have this muscle function optimally in our lives if, if that has been our pattern for most of our childhood and developmental years. So that muscle is shortened. It's contracted. So setting that aside for a moment, we also currently live in what I sometimes refer to as like a hustle bustle world. We live in a world in, if you're living in the United States, we live in a society and a culture that is very focused on production and producing and having this idea that our worth is tied into our, our busyness, um, which I just want to name, I, I don't believe in and I don't buy into. And I, it's a lot of retraining I think we can all do. But there is this sense of like this constant go and this constant noise, um, particularly with our cell phones and social media and the news and all of that. Even as I'm saying, just feel, you can feel maybe as I'm saying that your own system kind of start to like get a little faster. Maybe your heart rate increases subtly. So we're almost constantly living in some degree of a low-level fight, flight, and freeze response. So we're more in a sympathetic state within our nervous system. So the sympathetic state is in that fight, flight, or freeze. And our psoas muscles, when we are in that sympathetic nervous system response, our psoas muscles tense up in response to that. So not only are they shortened from sitting, and so that sitting and shortening is contraction, is tense, but they're also under a load of stress because of this anxious world we live in. And the psoas muscles are related to fear. They're also fascially connected into our kidneys. And in Chinese medicine, they see the kidneys as you know a, a place of relating to fear. And so when they are, when your psoas muscles are contracted and tight, we tend to be more reactive. We tend to be more fearful. And so if you're already in that, that very important muscle that is fascially touching upon a lot of our viscera, our internal organs, that's already in this reactive, fearful state, and then we are afraid of maybe how others are perceiving our bodies or we fear that people are judging us because of the way our body looks. It's not going to make it any easier for us to be able to slow down those trains of thoughts, to be able to pick a mode of more self-love or self-worthiness. And so for, for myself, my, my very sense of being and like how I showed up in the world, how I felt in the world was directly linked to my psoas health. And I had been pretending through my posture, through in my psoas muscles were deeply contracted. I couldn't even access my left psoas muscle, um, it, which is still a pattern that I'm working with continuously to support my left psoas and, and releasing and unwinding. And I'd been pretending most of my life for fear of having my most vulnerable and most genuine self rejected. 
And again, that was an unconscious pattern. It was like a, in a blind spot, a blind spot, meaning something I could, I didn't see, I didn't know, I wasn't aware of, but I was actively doing always. And it was literally through receiving more length, receiving more space, as well as my body being able to find the ability to access my psoas muscle, that is what supported me in accessing that sense of authentic and vulnerable strength in my own body. That sense of, oh my goodness, like there's a different way that I can be in my body that directly corresponds with how I relate with another human being, with how I feel about myself. Like automatically there was more of a sense of love, of gentleness, of reverence for myself because I wasn't so taut. I wasn't so tensed up within, deeply within myself, pulling myself together, holding myself together. And so when you stretch out your psoas muscles, it can support you in releasing anxiety, in releasing pent-up tension. It can have a profound effect on releasing unfounded fearfulness about life. And it will support you in feeling and being more aligned structurally, emotionally, and energetically. And I found even just starting to be able to, from an internal awareness, like an interoceptive sense, or maybe like more of an energetic awareness, um, be the more that you can increase your capacity in those areas in regards to your psoas muscle and cultivate more of a relationship with it, that also will support from a muscular structural standpoint, more release being able to happen. There's a, there's a direct interrelationship that's constantly happening between our physical and energetic bodies. And even in a lot of these energetic practices that I offer that are in the body, what I find is they also completely correspond with structurally being able to be more aligned. Not that it's necessarily like I snap my fingers and the psoas is released or my pelvis is in a more optimal position, but with time, with cultivating more connection here, something happens um, that I can't exactly speak to like the what is happeningness internally, but I have seen it with clients of mine and I have felt it myself Literally, you're shifting also bony landmarks little by little. You're shifting, shifting your structure through cultivating deeper energetic awareness with different body parts. And so the practice that I shared in that brief little um, break that I just shared a few minutes ago on how to access your authentic and vulnerable strength is that you can go and download for free um, from my website, uh, my old website, Wish All Wellness, but the link, you know, is in the show notes. I'll say it again at the end of this episode so you can reference it, but all you have to do is sign up and then you'll get a free practice downloaded to you or emailed to you. You have to download it, but I'm taking you more on an energetic, um, journey through your body with some very specific anatomical references and that will help more space be created in your psoas muscles. And my hope, my intention, and what I see time and time again is the more that we you I, like that you can cultivate a sense of connection with your psoas muscles, the muscle of your soul, the muscle that holds on to so much deep emotion that can get stuck and stored the more that you can learn to connect there and literally with time will help to create more space, will help that muscle to relax and release, will help you to have a newfound sense of how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your body. You will more readily be able to choose thoughts and feelings that are more from a place of accepting your body exactly as it is, simply through cultivating a deeper connection into this muscle, this muscle that attaches our spine into our legs, 
that those of us who are able-bodied, our legs are what, how we locomote through the world, how we move through the world. And if they're being pulled up and tightened, not being able to drop readily from our pelvis, that completely impacts then your the way that you show up, the way that you feel as you move through the world. So I really hope you do take advantage of that free gift of the practice um, and utilize it. Like do it every day for seven days and just notice what is different, if anything at all. Um, Because when we notice, when we reference the comparison and contrast of any sort of practices we're doing, but what feels different, what was it like before, that is also supporting us in regards to creating new neural pathways to be able to more readily come into this new space of being. So to shift kind of the conversation from talking so much specifically about your psoas muscle and coming back more specifically into the conversation around authenticity and vulnerability. So being vulnerable is almost always scary. It feels scary to really to, to be vulnerable because being vulnerable means we are expressing and sharing of ourselves honestly and truthfully. And so, you know, if you want to show up in the world from a more open-hearted place, if you want to show up in the world being more authentic, being more vulnerable, it's essential that you first are able to feel safety and security in your own body. And, you know, maybe why why would you want to show up from a more vulnerable place, from a more authentic place? I think you, you may or may not be familiar with Brene Brown's work, but she, you know, has a lot of more of the research that even shows this. But when we are more vulnerable, we it almost automatically correlates with us feeling a sense of connection and meaning in our lives. Because if we're instead in that kind of posturing pattern or trying to be on, we're trying to show up in a way that is is well-intentioned and well-meaning because we're wanting to get acceptance and approval, but it's incongruent with what's really present for us. And so when we can, oh, like release the veil, release the masks and be able to, because we feel safe and secure in our body, be able to express ourselves more vulnerably, more honestly, you'll feel more connected. You'll feel more seen. And even if you have endured years of pain or hate toward your body, when you can learn to connect to different energy centers in your body and how to properly stack your bones through simple anatomy, that's going to empower you to discover your body's inherent support and strength. And then when you can learn to yield into the support, that's what's going to retrain your nervous system that you're safe and that it's okay to stay present in your body. So, you know, many of us have experienced some degree of trauma in in our body and in our life. And the need to feel safe and at home in our bodies is even more pressing if you have experienced significant trauma. So you're likely to dissociate, meaning dissociate from your body, become like detached, fragmented from your body if you've experienced a more significant trauma, um, a significant trauma being, you know, like sexual or physical abuse. And that trauma leaves us feeling unsafe in our bodies. And so what we do, and it's it's a very smart strategy, it keeps us safe in those moments when we we probably we aren't safe. Um, but it is then creating a void within ourselves because our attention and our energy is going outside of ourselves. And so, What's important is after the trauma has passed, after you know you've received support and some care and some healing, a part of that healing that I think is essential is learning how to be back in your body in a way that feels safe. And so how can you retrain your nervous system to understand that you are safe? 
literally it's simple by, I think one of the first, I mean, it's, it is maybe more of a conversation than this, but simply it's, you can help your nervous system feel more safe and understand that you're safe by choosing to spend more time in your body little by little. And with time, the more you inhabit your body, the more acceptance, love, and reverence you will naturally experience toward it. And so I have a practice. I've mentioned it before. I want to mention it again. It's free that if you're listening to this because I, I am, I want to recognize talking from a more conceptual place in regards to, you know, learning to connect with these energetic centers in your body, learning to properly stack and align your bones. And I really want to support you in having an experience of actually what that feels like in your body and what that shifts for you and what that can be like. And I would love for you to be able to have an experience in your body where you really feel like you can yield and surrender into your inherent strength and support and still feel really open and spacious and be able to be vulnerable with those that you most care about in your life. And so the free the, the practice is called finding safety and security in your own body. You can download it by going to wishallwellness.com so www w-i-s-h-a-l-l wellness.com forward slash radical hyphen embodiment hyphen free hyphen gift. So the website again is wishallwellness.com forward slash radical hyphen embodiment hyphen free hyphen gift. That's linked in the show notes, so you don't have to remember it, but I would really encourage you to take advantage of that because it is free. You just give your name, your email, and then the practice of finding safety and security in your own body will show up in your inbox, and you can download it from there. And it's an audio file that I've created, so you can download it to your phone. I would encourage you to listen to it time and time again. I think I shared earlier in this podcast of episode, listen to it for the next seven days. And why I encourage you to listen it to multiple times, specifically even consistent days in a row, is that is what is going to support you in being able to layer and be able to notice what's shifting, be able to go deeper in your body, be able to have more a reference for the different places, centers, and bony landmarks in your body that I'm guiding you into because you've heard them before, right? So the more, you know, repetition is how we can create a habit. Habit Repetition is how we can learn. And so by repeating this embodiment practice, embodiment audio, the finding safety and security in your own body, seven days in a row will help it land more in you, it, more from sometimes I talk about really learning from like a cellular level. It'll help, like not that you will snap your fingers in seven days and totally get it from a cellular level, but you'll be way much more on your journey to being able to do that. You'll be way much more on your journey to being able to, in a moment with your partner, with a dear friend, some in, in a situation where you are experiencing conflict and it's important for you to speak your truth, you'll be able to do that from a place where... You're speaking from your experience. You're staying centered in your center of being. And you're being clear in regards to how it is you truly feel and what it is you need. So I hope you go and download that free practice and try it out. And when you show up in your authentic posture and share your feelings honestly with others, they won't see you as weak or incompetent, as many of us fear, but instead will see you as courageous and they'll feel more connected to you. And our, like to be able to really feel you know, our true strength and acceptance, it has to come first from within, which is why I'm encouraging you to download this practice, which is why 
this whole podcast, my whole platform is called Radical Embodiment. The idea is, is we're coming from within first. We're learning how to tune into ourselves first because that is the key in being able to learn to love our bodies. Being able to inhabit our bodies is the key in being able to live a life that feels fulfilling, that feels like we're present and truthful. And I started the beginning of this episode reading a little bit from my book, Radical Embodiment. I read from the beginning of chapter seven, and I shared how chapter seven was looking at the limiting belief of I um, am fake or I am an imposter. And so the opposite or the affirmative of that, the affirmation would be, I am authentic. I am authentic. And even as I'm saying it now, I can feel like I have this sense energetically of my psoas muscles kind of like firing and lighting up because they are such a key piece in us being able to express our authenticity. And so as you, you know, go about your day after listening to this, after you go about your week, as you are working with the free practice, the um, finding safety and security in your own body, I invite you to also bring in that affirmation of I am authentic and start to notice how can you really feel those words from a more visceral cellular level? How can you feel them coming from somewhere inside so it's not just you're mentally reciting it so that you can really believe that and feel the truth of that. So thank you as always for tuning in, for listening to this podcast, for being on the radical embodiment journey with me. Again, I strongly encourage you to go and download the Finding Safety and Security in Your Body free practice at wishallwellness.com forward slash radical dash embodiment dash free dash gift. And as always, if you enjoy today's episode, please share it, share it on social media, share it with your friends and family. Um, if you haven't already, it really helps me out if you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And um, also, you know, reach out to me. I'd love to hear what you think, what you insight you gained, um, how the practice supports you and moving forward to being able to be more radically embodied and express yourself more authentically and vulnerably through your day and through your life. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to sharing with you on the next episode and hopefully maybe hearing from you in between. Take care.